everybody, like welcome that. to this Wednesday that. edition of the Logan flashback, Blackman flashback. Show. I will apologize in advance for today's show because I'm still recovering. I'm still in recovery for a multiple things right now that we'll get into in a little bit. But I just would like to say sorry in advance. I don't want it to be like something awkward between us. You know, like, oh, why didn't Logan warn me about this before? Why did he go in and just start, voice start, start going way down an octave? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, we're recovering. But before we get into the whole recovery process and all that great stuff, make sure you go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all different forms of social media. Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman. Don't have a show account anymore. I guess we still technically do, but I don't use it. You can follow it if you want, but I just go to my personal account, Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is the, T-H-E, Logan Blackman Show, numero uno at the end of it. Make sure you had the one because they're used to, we used to have another Instagram account, which I don't, in hindsight, I wish I didn't delete it because of the fact that it had other stuff on there. So I, I could have just kept it and posted stuff on top of that. But I think I just was like, let's just start something new. Let's start a new Instagram account. So technically I could change it back because I deleted the old Instagram account or deactivated it, whatever terminology you want to use to describe the the Instagram account no longer being there, but make sure you add the numero uno at the end. Facebook search Logan Blackman Show on YouTube. Do the exact same thing. Go and like the Facebook page and make sure you're subscribed to the Logan Blackman Show on YouTube. Again, watch a few videos. Give them a like. Can't dislike. <laughs> Sucks. I'm flipping all. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. And then since you're listening to it right now, make sure you are following and or subscribe to either and or or both or anything. Whatever. The Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you leave a rating out of five stars, okay? Greatly appreciate that. And leave a description down below on why you liked or disliked or whatever. Just general feelings about the show as a whole. I don't think you can do whole episode ones. You just got to do the general description of the podcast in general, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for me or for you. Or if you just want to lay in for one episode, that's fine. You can do that at the bottom of the screen. Say, this episode sucked dick, okay? That's all we're going <laughs> to That's it. But this one, uh, it does suck dick, but not for not for the reasons that I would think most of you are thinking it would, because I, the show hasn't started yet, but I feel like it'll be a fine show. I mean, generally, I go into shows and go like, oh, I think today's going to be fine. I think today is going to be a good day. No bad stuff will happen today. At least I hope so. Knock on wood, of course. Fake wood, which is this desk game. I don't know if it's actually wood. It's fake wood. But hopefully nothing bad happens. But for me... As an individual and a fan of a sports team, I feel pain, and this episode sucks, and we're three minutes in. And when I was talking about before the show started about recovery process, first one, I think it's quite obvious, I lost my voice. Uh, I'm trying to get my voice back. I don't know how it sounds like on the, the actual podcast itself, but for me, I can hear it in the headphones. It sounds a little raspy right now. I'm. It is Tuesday. I'm still trying to get my voice all the way back. We'll see if it eventually ever comes back, or this is just how I'm going to sound like all the time, and I can't reach the high notes of the songs anymore that I want to listen to. I can't do any of that. Like, if I listen to, I don't know, Sugar by Brock Hampton, how am I going to sing the bareface parts if I can't reach the vocals like bareface can? That's not, that's not fun. When you're performing concerts in your house or when you're performing concerts in the car or the shower, you want to make sure you hit all the notes. But when you don't have a voice, you can't do that. And the reason I have lost my voice, I think, is fairly obvious. We talked about it on Friday. This past Sunday was the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Me and my friend Brady went down to the game from Des Moines. We met up with a friend, my longest friend, William Penn Brett. We talked about him on the podcast on Friday when he came forth with a quarterback list. Uh, he actually tailgated <laughs> in the spot right across from us. Not planned. We were texting before the game started. He lives down in Kansas City right now. And we were texting before the game. He's like, hey, where are you guys tailgating? We're, we'll make our way towards you. You make our way towards us. Whichever way. And then we're talking. And then I turn around. And I go, Brady. I think it's Brett. I think it's Brett Snyder right there. And I look at him. And I'm like, but I don't want to go up to him. <laughs> because if it's not him, that's not fun. And I'm a type of person. And most of you know this. I'm the type of person that does not really enjoy social interaction with random people. It's something I'm not very good at. Like, we talked about the whole Seals experience. Remember that one from a few months ago? Where the random dude came up and talked to me for a half hour, and I left that conversation with one of the biggest headaches I had because I was so stressed out the entire time I was trying to get out of the conversation. That's what I was fearing for in this. Thankfully, though, it's a tailgate, so everybody's pretty loosey-goosey as you want to describe it anyways. But then I looked down on the floor... I recognize the shoes. I go, okay, that's Brett. Walk up to him. I was like, dude, we're right next to each other. And he's, like we said, newly acquired Bills fan. He started becoming a Bills fan this year. He's from St. Louis. Uh, was kind of a Rams fan. When we were in William Penn, the Rams had moved. We weren't, he wasn't, said he was never really a massive Rams fan. He's a big time Blues fan, which is unfortunate because, you know, but I try to look at the positives of people. I don't want to look at their flaws only. Like, he likes the St. Louis Blues. Fine. It's fine. Doesn't mean we still can't be friends. But it, it puts a barrier. Okay? So you kind of... But he's a Bills fan. So that takes down the barrier halfway. But we tailgate with them. It was awesome. One of the best tailgating experiences I've ever had. Talked to some other Bills fans throughout the day. And then we go into the game. Okay? I am stressed as shit. Okay? This is one of the most stressed I've ever been in a football game ever. I, I was... Brady and I were sitting there... We were just drinking, I don't know how, because it was a bunch of different things. But I'm trying to think of a way where it doesn't sound weird. But I don't think I can escape escape this. We had a few beers, we had some water, we had some pop. Like, we had all this different stuff. And when I'm nervous, okay, I just start, like, drinking any food. Like, I chug water. When I get really nervous, like, when we go to the games at the keg stand to watch Bill's games. Our waitress just basically brings me over two glasses of water before the game even starts because she knows she's going to have to keep coming over because I'm a stress drinker. I don't know if that's a thing. It's never hurt me in any way. I don't, like, go to the fridge and just grab as many beers as possible and just down them right there. No, I didn't do that. But it was stressful. Brady was stressed, too. This is the game of the year. And after watching the Tennessee Titans lose to the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday, and I don't want to make this sound like I'm overlooking the Bengals or anything, but whoever, our thought process going into this game was whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. Whoever wins this game. I know the Bengals beat up on the Chiefs last time they played. Or not beat up, but they beat the Chiefs last time the two teams played in Cincinnati. Chiefs choked the game away. Bengals won. But they're not, I don't really think they can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. This is an insane stadium to go to. Very hostile environment. And has historically been known as the loudest stadium in the NFL. They let it be known. They have a whole thing on the Jumbotron. It's like, you know what some games where they have, get loud, get loud, get loud. There's this decibel up, which sounds stupid, but they have every right to it because they are technically the loudest stadium in the NFL. I think you remember 
The Seattle Seahawks famously being the second loudest stadium in the league. They were the loudest after Beastquake. I don't remember the the specific moment the Kansas City Chiefs became the loudest stadium in the league, but I've, I've it's been well documented for the better part of probably five years. I could be wrong. I, I don't know the exact date or year or time or month or whatever when it became that. All I know is I've been here quite a few times. I know how to handle myself in these situations. And we go into the game, and we are in an all-Chiefs section, which is expected. You're at Arrowhead, Kansas City Chiefs, a very passionate fan base. But I'm not joking when I said I was the only Bills fan in that section. Only one. Only one. <laughs> and me and Brady are sitting there surrounded by Chiefs fans. And one thing I love about games is that everybody's there to just watch their team. Now, there's the obvious, like, they're just there to have a good time. That's about it. They don't really care about the game. They're just like, oh, I'm going to go down with my friends. I did that with the Vikings-Cowboys game. We went up with Brady, Jared, and Noah. Like, do I care about the game? No. Am I just going to have a good time with my boys? Yes. And that's exactly what we did. This game, oh, this is a game right here. And during the game, we're talking trash with the people in front of us, the people behind us. I had a nine-year-old kid sitting next to me and his mom. I was talking trash to the kid the entire game. I said, hey, if you after the game... You want to change your affiliation. That's cool. Because I, I I, wish, part of me wishes I was nine years old again. Because if I'm nine years old right now, the Bills have made the playoffs, what, four of the last five years. I went no 18 years of no playoffs. But now, like I said Friday, no playoffs equals no stress. And good Lord, I would have loved that on Saturday. And I would just like to say, before we go into the nitty-gritty of the game, despite the result, that's the greatest football game of all time. I know people are talking about greatest playoff game ever. No, no, no. That's the greatest game ever played. That game in Kansas City on January, what date was it? 23rd? Yeah, January 23rd, Kansas City, Missouri, 5.30 kickoff, Bills Chiefs, greatest game ever played. And I remember seeing on Twitter afterwards, Nick Wright has been infamous for this for the past few years of just dogging Josh Allen without any real basis behind anything that he's saying because I don't think he's actually ever watched Josh Allen. He made that clear that he doesn't really watch games. He just talks about the hot button issues like LeBron James, the Lakers, uh, the Chiefs, because he's a Chiefs fan, Tom Brady, all the big name athletes and the big teams out there. That's all we care about because it's all about clicks. No one cares about the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. That's what he said. He has said this. It's on video. It's not like I'm just making this up right now. You can go find it yourself. Don't know if he's actually ever watched Josh Allen. I mean, the people that just look at stats irritate me because what we're talking about when looking at stats, people are bringing, I remember this with Drew Locke. People talking about, oh, this was Drew Locke's numbers versus Josh Allen's numbers for two year, first two years. No, that's done. Josh Allen is an anomaly in all of this. Josh Allen's development is not something normal. Like his rookie year, this is an example. I went to, uh, what was it? Was it one game his rookie year? We went to the Jaguars-Bills game his rookie year. His first game back since entering his elbow against the Houston Texans. Terrible year. Bills are spent to win two games. They went 6-10. and ten. And Josh Allen did things that year. Yes, his numbers weren't the greatest numbers of all time. If you just watch Josh Allen his rookie year, you could go, that's something. Yeah, there's something there. What moment have you had with Drew Locke, apart from when he's rapping Jeezy, where you go, that's a guy we can build around right there. That's a guy that we can, that's the guy that's going to galvanize the troops and all that stuff. No, he's not. 
He rapped Jeezy. That's the only positive thing I've ever seen Drew Locke do. I saw someone compare Jalen Hurts' numbers to Josh Allen. Just because Josh Allen is doing what he's doing does not mean this is something that's going to happen with first and second year quarterbacks. Oh, he wasn't very good his rookie year, so he's going to develop into Josh freaking Allen. No, he's not. And after this game, I have come away with two things. One, if you bash Josh Allen anymore, I'm just going to assume you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just going to, it's going to be safe to assume you have no freaking idea what you're talking about. If you compare him to anyone other than Rodgers, Mahomes, or Brady, I'm not talking about it. We're done. We're not mentioned. If I see it, if I get mentioned about it, I'm leaving it unread. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> it's done. And number two, not only are we not having this conversation of Josh Allen's not a good quarterback anymore, we're going to have conversations about him being the best in the NFL. I'm not sitting here and having an overreaction day. This is a game, the past two weeks, Josh Allen has played the greatest playoff games of all time. For an individual athlete, Josh Allen has played the greatest football. He has the greatest passer rating in playoff history after these two games. He has 14 touchdowns and one interception in his playoff career. He went 9-0 this year. Playoffs, touchdowns, interceptions. He had nine touchdowns and 12 incompletions against the Patriots with the number two pass defense in the NFL and the Chiefs, whose pass defense, granted, is not great, but in Arrowhead, a game where everybody was saying, toughest place to play. Can't win there. Chief Stevens played really good these latter parts of the season. They're starting to get together. That was the greatest game of all time. And I'm going to sit here and try to forget that game ever happened <laughs> because it hurt. That is the se- I'm not afraid to admit it. That is the second time I've ever cried after a game was that one. I was crying during the game. Second time ever. The first time and the only time prior to that was after the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016. First and last time until Sunday. And I think I'm warranted in saying that. Because I said, going into this game, this is for the Super Bowl. No disrespect to the Cincinnati Bengals. I am all aboard the Cincinnati Bengals bandwagon for the rest of the playoffs. Don't really care about the Rams or 49ers. Definitely don't care about the Chiefs. Bengals all the way. Okay? My dad was upset, though, because he was like, I don't want Joe Burrow to get a Super Bowl before Josh Allen. Which I understand. I understand completely. But I am all aboard the Bengals bandwagon. All aboard it. But in the game as a whole, just in a- analyzing the game, like, the Bills were down. They were down. <laughs> and you have a quarterback in Josh Allen, where I've said this on the show before. Josh Allen, statistically, since everybody cares about statistics, everyone just goes, oh, he's a bad quarterback because he had, what, not great statistics in college when he can't get off that train that's been derailed for the past four years. Josh Allen statistically is one of the greatest fourth quarter quarterbacks in the NFL today. He's one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL. This, not even just, just if we're just talking about this season, because remember, this was his down year. This was Josh Allen supposed to, this was his regression. Josh Allen wasn't supposed to be very good. This year, oh my God, Josh Allen's going to get found out. Josh Allen can't play in the, he can't do this. Josh Allen's an average quarterback. It's not something that he could 
just do? He's going to regress? He got, he's got to. He's Josh Allen. He's not good. I'm trying to find the stats of him in the fourth quarter because I have a screenshot of it. Where is that? Oh, yeah, here it is. Josh Allen in the fourth quarter of the season. He's completed 71% of his passes, has over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, and no picks. He threw two touchdowns in the final two minutes of the game. First ever quarterback in playoff history to do that. Not to mention one of the touchdowns was on fourth and 13. They went for it twice on fourth down. He picked it up with his legs the first time and then threw a dart to a wide open Gabe Davis because he cooked his defender. You know what? Let's, hold on. Let's give a round of applause to Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis did something that not even Jerry Rice has done before. He scored four touchdowns in a playoff game. No one's done that before. They held Stephon Diggs in check, and from what I was told, Josh Allen's only good because he has Stephon Diggs. That's what everybody said. <laughs> Josh Allen is only good because he has Stephon, elite weapons. Stephon Diggs, what other elite weapon do you see on the Buffalo Bills? Name one. I, I, I try to. Josh Allen's only elite because of his weapons is also one of the dumbest takes ever. It's also the same takes that say Joe Montana or Tom Brady were system quarterbacks. Shut up. Lamar Jackson's system quarterback. You know, John Harbaugh was not running this offense before Lamar Jackson got there. Lamar Jackson is the system. The system only worked with Joe Montana, with Tom Brady. Tom Brady would get smacked 47-17 against the Bills. I promise you that. I watched him beat the Bills by that margin a few times. I don't have the exact numbers for how many times he beat the Bills by double digits. It happened a lot. Like these takes that these quarterbacks, you can't just accept that these quarterbacks are great. You have to have some other reason behind their supposed greatness. Like I don't want to take anything away from Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs was never considered a top five wideout before he got to Buffalo. Never. He was seen as the number two guy behind Adam Thielen. Let alone be a top five receiver in the entire NFL. That's not what people are saying. No, it's not. <laughs> and I'm sitting here and reminiscing because this is just, it's sad. And I sit here today watching what the offense did. Josh Allen, what he did, keeping the Bills alive. He's second in the NFL right now in the playoffs in regards to rushing yards. He's a quarterback. He had 134 rushing yards. That's only 15 yards behind Elijah Mitchell. And he's a quarterback. He's third in the NFL in the postseason this year in passing yards. Four touchdowns, no picks against the Kansas City Chiefs in the greatest football game of all time. Playoff game, regular season, Super Bowl, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, that was it. And there are 13 seconds that led the Chiefs to march down the field and score the game-time field or the force overtime will live in my head rent-free for the rest of my life. That is my generation's version of Wide Right. My generation's version of the Music City Miracle. That's what that was. That's why I got emotional after the game. 13 seconds. And the Bills play prevent defense. You want to know what the late, great John Madden used to say about prevent defense? Prevent defense prevents you from winning. And the Bills sat back. They stuck to the sidelines on the last drive of the game. The Chiefs had three timeouts. The sidelines were irrelevant. They needed to stay in the middle of the field. They are playing so far back, they just left the middle of the field open. Like, this is a, the number one defense in passing. 
in total yards, in turnover, everything, turnover differential. And you let the Chiefs do that to you. They tore them apart. And I'm not going to say you're say it was one or the other. It was a mixture of the coaches being terrible and the defense just playing garbage. Josh Allen was let down by the defensive side of the ball in this game. Because I know the Chiefs won. And I know Patrick Mahomes drove the team down to score the, t- score the field goal with 13 seconds left. The Josh Allen deserved this win. I don't care. There were times where the Bills were out of the game. It was over. It was done. There are only a few quarterbacks that even think about throwing the throws that Josh Allen made in this game. That think about it. Not a lot of those try it. Think about it. And I never want to hear again that Patrick Mahomes is the only one that can do this. No, you watched it back-to-back weeks. And the reason I'm emphasizing these back-to-back weeks is because it was a national game. It was the playoffs. Supposed biggest moments in the NFL where Josh Allen is what I was told can't play at this level. He's a below-average quarterback with a quote-unquote elite weapons. Outside Stephon Diggs, who's the other elite weapon on this offense? Who is it? No run game, no O-line. Who's the other elite weapon? And they shut down Diggs. And I was told that if Diggs can't do it, the Bills are out. Diggs had seven yards. And he also had a hit on a a guy that stormed the field, which I found out today was sitting right behind us. (laughs) Like a few rows up. Like Gabe Davis, round of applause for Gabe Davis. Four touchdowns, 201 yards. Cooked Chiefs defenders in this game. Like, I don't know. I sit here and look at all the quarterbacks the Bills have had throughout my lifetime. And I said this after the Bills scored the touchdown 13 seconds left. I was sitting in the stands, said thank you for J.P. Lossman, thank you for Trent Edwards, thank you for Ryan Fitzpatrick, for E.J. Manuel, for all these garbage quarterbacks. Because you don't have those, you don't get to him. And I remember a few years ago, people were like, oh, would you take the trade back for Patrick Mahomes? Because the Bills' pick was used by the Chiefs to take Patrick Mahomes. The Bills had the 10th pick in the 2017 draft. They traded back to 27. The Chiefs took Mahomes. The Bills got Trey Davies White. And also got Matt, uh, Josh Allen and Trey, Tremaine Edmonds. Would I take the trade back? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't in 100 years. There's not a single player in the NFL I would trade for Josh Allen. Not a single one. Josh Allen needs to finish his career out in Buffalo. And I said this a few weeks ago against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This might not be the team that wins the Super Bowl. This is the quarterback that does. The roster might change over the years, but this team will win a Super Bowl. Josh Allen will lead the Bills to a Super Bowl. Regardless of his current roster or next year or a few years down the line, Josh Allen will get the Bills a Super Bowl. I am a 1,000% confident in that. Because of what I watched at the latter stages this year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Josh Allen was the only person that touched the ball. Not even one other person ran the ball. They called only pass plays in the first half. And Josh Allen ran it, I think, three times. From what I saw against the Patriots in zero-degree weather, after I was told Josh Allen can't play in cold weather, Josh Allen's numbers in cold weather are awful. He can't play in the cold. Zero degree weather torches the Patriots, 47 points. First team to have a perfect game in NFL playoff history. No punts, no field goals, all touchdowns. Josh Allen had more touchdowns than completions. They had more touchdowns in the game than third downs. Like, 
great one of the greatest playoff performances of my lifetime for the Bills. Next week, Josh Allen can't have back-to-back good games. He can't. Something he can't do. And then does that. And I mean, get all the props in the world to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from them. But it sucks. It really sucks. I hate it. And I will spend, like I said before, this was the greatest game ever played. And I will spend the rest of my life trying to forget this game ever happened. Because of how much it hurt at the end of it. I've never been this upset after a Bills loss in my entire life. And I, te- I was technically alive for the Music City Miracle. I don't remember it. I was 19, it was 1999 when that happened. I don't remember that happening. This is it, though. This one sucked. And the defense, the coaches, even the special teams. What The squib kick, why the hell wasn't that in? I'd, from what it sounded like from Sean McDermott today, it was that execution, pretty much. You drive down a few more seconds, you don't leave Mahomes with 13 seconds, let alone even five seconds. And the one thing I will say about Mahomes, I know I've, I've made fun of him before because of the voice and because he plays for the Chiefs and I live in Iowa, so I can't like the Chiefs. I give Mahomes all the respect in the world for being the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. But what he did after the game, after he scored the game-winning touchdown, ran, not ran, sprinted to Josh Allen to talk to him after the game. And the thing that gives me hope slash pain (laughs) is the fact they'll be doing this again next year in the playoffs because these are the two best teams in the AFC. I don't care about the Bengals. I know the Bengals are good. I know they got a lot of cap space. I don't trust Mike Brown at all. Mike Brown's made dumb decisions the entire time as the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. They got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all these great pieces on their roster. I love the Bengals. These two teams beat the Bengals next week. I said, I'll be cheering for Cincinnati. I'll be cheering the hell out of them. The Bengals don't beat the Bills or Chiefs. They don't. Which is a damn shame because if the Josh Allen doesn't slip against the Titans, the Bills have the one seed. If they don't lose to the Jaguars, this game's in Buffalo. Like, there's so many things that you could look at throughout the course of the season that were like, man, if this was changed, we would have looked at this season a lot different. Because I don't think the Chiefs win if this game's in Buffalo. I think where this game was played carried whatever team in that game. Arrowhead, at points, carried the Chiefs. And I watched the game last night, they had the NFL Network, and I watched Buckers kick. I didn't realize how close it was to missing. I thought it went right down the middle. We were kind of at an angle, so I couldn't see exactly where it went in. All I know is it went in. That thing almost hooked left. I That was very cool. I was actually kind of surprised about that. But yeah, uh, sucks. And what was kind of funny throughout the game, I, I've never had this happen to me before, but I got stuff thrown at me. At the game. <laughs> I was having fun with the people in front of us. They were cheesing. So this older guy. I'm, I think it was his kids. Like, they were about 30-something. 40, maybe early 40s. This guy was about 60, 70 years old, maybe. I was having a lot of fun with him. I was talking trash to people behind us. I would say something that was not right. But I, not like... I never cussed at anybody. That's I, that's something I... you. It's okay to have fun at games where you can talk trash to fans. Don't cuss at people. Especially people you don't know. You don't know how they're going to take it. Just be fu- have fun. Don't curse at anybody during the games. Curse yourself, curse your team, whatever. Not the fans. But this dickhead, to my left, two ro- one row in front of us, down the street, from the, down the aisle from where we were talking to these people, chucked a sandwich wrapper at me, or a hot dog wrapper. It was after 
Josh Allen threw the two-point conversion to Stephon Diggs, which was one of the greatest plays I've seen in my life. He threw stuff at me, <laughs> called me a bitch, and then <laughs> turned around and didn't face me the rest of the game. And everybody around me, the Chiefs fans, this is where I... So, I've made fun of Chiefs fans before. You guys know this. I've gained a lot more respect for Chiefs fans after this game than I had at any other game I've been to in Arrowhead. Because every Chiefs fan that was around us, again, I was the only Bills fan in the section. People in front of us, the people behind us, the nine-year-old, his mom, everybody was like, oh, we got, you're fine. Don't don't worry about it. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Because I was pissed. I was like, dude calls me a bitch and then turns around and doesn't even look at me the rest of the game. And I'm the bitch. (laughs) This bald dude with a stupid beard throws a sandwich wrapper and barely hits me. And then his buddy flips me off. And then, you know what made it even sweeter? Because Brady, he told me not to say anything back. Which was smart. I didn't say anything back. I wanted to. I was talking to him about, who does this dude think he is? What is <laughs> What? You're going to call me a bitch and then don't turn to face me one time after you did it? It's either instant regret or you're a bitch. That's the two situations that's going through his head right now. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, man, I am a bitch. <laughs> and then what made it sweeter, when the Bills scored that touchdown 13 seconds left, him and his buddy left. So, bright side of all this, these two dickheads didn't get to see the Chiefs win. And they were Chiefs fans. So, that was pretty funny. And in hindsight, that was probably the best part of the game. Like, the result, I turned the, so I was watching last night, as a side note, but I turned it off <laughs> after the 13 second t- that the Bills scored a touchdown. That's what, in my mind, that's where the game ended. <laughs> Dude threw the stuff at me after the two-point conversion. His buddy flipped me off, double-birded me after Tyreek Hill scored. And then they left when Josh Allen threw the touchdown to Gabe Davis. Which I thought was hilarious, especially in hindsight when you're looking back at it. <laughs> oh, but man. I, gained, I, I had a lot more fun at that game than I've had in a long time. At, like, an away stadium anyways where I knew it was going to be hostile, very hostile. Because the other places I've been to, like Minnesota, Dallas, Cincinnati, not really big-time quote-unquote rivals there. The Bills and Chiefs have history together. They met in the AFC Championship game of the 90s. Bills won, obviously. But, like, there's, this is, these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Especially after this weekend, I can honestly say these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. My opinion somewhat changed after I watched another game this weekend. But I have more respect for Chiefs fans after this game than I did prior, previously. Easily more respect for Chiefs fans. We were, I was talking to about 10 or 12 Chiefs fans the entire game. All around us, including Brady. And I had so much fun. So much fun. This was, it sucks that the result ended, but I had a blast. It was weird. It was the first game without my dad at a Bills game anyways. So that was really weird. But he's down in Mexico, so he's fine. He didn't watch the game either. I don't know what happened with that, but he didn't watch the game. So I I think that saved him afterwards. And I talked to him after the game on the phone. We sat down in our seats. I called him. I started crying again. He started crying. I was like, this is not how it's supposed to end. The thing that sucks the most is the finality of it. That this is it. There's no more games the rest of the year. You're done watching a Bills game the rest of the year, and it ends like that. Ends like that. You can't watch them next week. You're not watching them play the Bengals. No, 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 no. You're going to be doing the same thing they're doing, watching the Chiefs play the Bengals. And 
I know a lot of people on social media, and this happens every year, every single year. Every overtime game that ever happens, people go like, oh, the Chiefs won because of the coin toss. No, they didn't. And what I found funny out of this whole situation, if you don't remember this, I was on on Press Row. On Press Row is not a show anymore, but it was with you and I, play-by-play broadcaster Gary Ryma and John Leo. We did this show, and after the Bills lost to the Texans in the playoffs, overtime rules came into a thing. Bills didn't lose the game because of the coin flip because the Bills stopped them in overtime. Like, all you had to do was stop them. You know what's going to happen. You have to stop them. I don't care. I, overtime rules, are they perfect? No. But I'm sure as hell not going to go go to college rules because that's not, that's not great either. But you're going to just start the ball at the 25. That's really realistic right there. I get the whole point. Both teams get the ball. It's fine. I understand that. But the Bills did not lose because of the coin toss. They did not lose because of the coin toss. You have 13 seconds left. You have the number one pass defense in the NFL. You let the Chiefs drive 70 yards in two plays. Or however long it was. I don't remember how long the drive was exactly, but... In two plays. They had three timeouts. You're guarding the sidelines. Why? Take the middle. What the hell was the thought process behind that? It was a mixture of... I know everybody's going to go, it's coach's fault, it's player's fault. It's a mixture of both. The defense sucked in this game. It was awful. But... The Bills did not lose this game because of the coin flip. Now, I know that it hurts a lot of people because Josh Allen didn't get a chance to play in overtime, but that's the beauty and the beast of football. You squib it, you get it down to probably eight seconds, got eight seconds work, but that's five less seconds than you had before. So squib it, stop him, don't guard the sidelines. The sideline thing's the confusing part for me. I don't, I don't understand that pro- thought process, but especially when the Chiefs have three timeouts. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset about the overtime thing. They could have made a stop in overtime. Like that's the worst game I've seen the Bills' defense play in a long time. Like we're talking about like Josh Allen rookie year days. Defense was awful in this game. But yeah, this, uh, that was the the greatest game of all time. Like, like there, were, there were 17 points in the final 73 seconds of regulation. 17 points scored in 17, thir- 73 seconds. There is no game that compares to that. Like, here's the score. Minute 54 left. Bills up 29-26. A minute 2 left. Chiefs up 33-29. 13 seconds left. 36-33 Buffalo. And then the final is 42-36. First QB in NFL history with multiple touchdown passes in the final two minutes of regulation in the playoff game, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the first QB with nine touchdown passes and two interceptions in any two-game postseason span. Only one. In two games, nine touchdowns, no picks. Only one in NFL history to do that. There's been quarterbacks that have done that over the playoffs, like the entirety of the playoffs, not a two-game span, two span before. This is the first playoff game where opposing QBs each threw for 300 yards, passing three touchdowns and no interceptions. First playoff game where opposing teams completed 70% of their passes with at least 35 attempts each. Both QBs led their teams in rushing. Second such playoff game since 1950. No other playoff game compares to this. No other game compares to this. The atmosphere, nothing. Only QB in NFL history. Has thrown 300 touch pass. Only one QB in NFL history has thrown 300 yards, four touchdowns, rushed for 60 yards in a playoff game. Josh Allen. And he did that twice. Back-to-back games. 
only one, and he did it back-to-back times. Because the Patriots and the Chiefs, my two least favorite teams in the NFL. And they lost. And they lost. And they lost. I don't really want to watch the playoff game next week. <laughs> or this weekend. I don't really want to watch the the Bengals-Chiefs game. It's going to hurt more than the game, the Bills-Chiefs game itself. It hurts. But yeah, they'll, they'll be back next year. They'll be back next year. The way they were playing towards the latter parts of the season, they'll be back. Now, I think there's a really solid chance. I think there's a nailed on 1,000% chance Brian Dable's gone. There's about a 70% chance both of them are gone. And we're talking about Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable. Dable's either taking the Giants job or the Dolphins job. I've been on the Dolphins thing for a little bit now because he coached two at Alabama. If Chris Greer and uh, crap Stephen Ross want to parade around that Tua's the guy that they tanked for Tua and all that crap, they got to get a guy that's worked with him. Because no other coach is going to be like, yeah, this is the guy. And the Giants are going to want Brian Dable because they saw what he did with Josh Allen. But again, Josh Allen's the anomaly. This isn't something normal. And the Bills will be back next year. This is the greatest game I've ever watched. And it ended with a loss. Final two minutes of the game. Josh Allen, 5 for 7, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 10 for 13, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Final two minutes of the game. Never been done before. Hopefully, though, I know we talked about this is the, the new Brady Manning rivalry, but hopefully it starts getting a little more <laughs> on de- uh, equal because I don't care about beating them in the regular season anymore. I don't. Until the Bills beat them in the playoffs, I don't care about the Chiefs in the regular season because I know both teams are making the playoffs, and I know they're going to meet in the playoffs again. I don't care about the regular season anymore. This is like the Niners-Cowboys in the 90s. The Cowboys beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game two years in a row, then the Niners beat them and the Cowboys beat them again. They met in four straight NFC Championship games. Or four straight times in the playoffs. I can't remember if it was exactly NFC Championship games or not. But the winner of that game was going to the Super Bowl. That's what this one is. And I like Joe Burrow. I like Justin Herbert. I like Lamar Jackson. These are the best two young quarterbacks in the NFL by a lot. Like, I had Joe Burrow number two on my list. I had Herbert at six. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are miles above those guys. And that's saying a lot. And it's not saying anything like bad on Burrow or Herbert or Lamar or Kyler or any of these other really young quarterbacks. It's just how amazing these two are. And one of them had to lose. That's how it was going to happen. I saw a lot of people on social media saying they're going to cancel the Super Bowl and just play a seven-game series between the Bills and Chiefs. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'd be for it. Will it happen? I mean, obviously not. But it'd be really funny because... Both of these teams, whoever won this game, I think is winning the Super Bowl. I don't even think just going. I think either one of these teams are winning it. Like After watching some of the games this weekend, I, I have no doubt in my mind, especially the two games I watched on Saturday. Good Lord. Bengals and Titans, 19-16. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. The Titans choked that game away. The Titans went for it, went for two, Okay. And then went for it on fourth down at their own thir- at the Bengals' 30-yard line. That's four points you left on the board. You know how many points the Titans lost by? Three. I'm not saying that if you kick the extra point and kick the field goal there, you're winning the game 20-19 because certain situations happen at that point. But you, <laughs> you, the, 
And then Tannehill throws three interceptions. Like, Derrick Henry wasn't on, which wasn't really surprising because I said the Bengals' rush defense is top five in the league. But yeah, Bengals are going to the AFC Championship. I'm really happy for them. I I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. love all these guys. And I feel even more vindicated now that I said the Bengals are drafting Jamar Chase back in April than I did before that. (laughs) And then the last game on the the other side, on the NFC side, Packers-Niners. Um... This game sucked. <laughs> Packers ran down the field in like, what, five or six plays? It was like the easiest drive ever. And they lost 13 to 10. I don't care if they had a block punt. I don't care if they had the block field goal. You scored 10 points against this 49er second, secondary. That starts Josh Norman. And you scored 10 points? 10! Like, block field goal, like, sure. Are we going to make another excuse for Rodgers? I mean, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I feel like this dude gets more excuses than anybody in the NFL. Oh, his defense lets him down all the time. If he had this defense, he'd be really good. If he had this, if he had this, if he had this. This dude gets so much excuses. I like I really like Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to take anything. I have number one ranked on my play on my quarterback rankings. Now it's adjusted since then. You don't throw any touchdowns against this 49ers defense. I get they have Bosa, Eric Armstead, good, really good players. But he employed Josh Norman in the secondary. And apart from Devontae Adams, the only other person he threw to was Aaron Jones. Together, they totaled 21 targets out of the 27 passes he threw. Or 29 passes he threw. They had 18 catches out of Rodgers' 20 completions. The only two people he was looking for the entire game. If There were multiple times throughout the entire game where he could have taken an easy route. There was one play, Alan Lazard's wide-ass open, in the middle of the field, tries to throw it deep out to Devontae Adams, doesn't get him completed. You would have gotten almost more yards with a catch and run with Lazard than he went for just a catch because Devontae Adams was double covered. I was like, what is that? 10 points against the Niners defense that employs Josh Norman as their starting corner. One of their starting corners. 10 like, I'm not going to sit here and say that the 49ers were great on offense because they weren't. But you expected that. <laughs> you expected that. I saw the Cowboys score more points against this Niners defense. I saw the... Te- oh, no, not the Texans. <laughs> I saw the Falcons do it. Freaking Vikings did. The You scored the same amount of points as the Jaguars against this 49ers defense. Like this, I'm I'm not giving any excuse for Rodgers. I'm not having it. You can't score 10 points and get excuses for it. I said there was no excuse for him last year and people still tried. The defense picked it off three times. They had three interceptions against the Bucs last year. And they're saying the defense could stop any. Rodgers had a wide open lane to run in the end zone and chose to throw it an incomplete pass. Like I don't think there's a quarterback in the NFL right now that gets more excuses than Rodgers. He's won one Super Bowl. Like, I, even when we did the top five list, arguably top five quarterback in league history. So I did it because we talked about this, when was this, a few weeks ago? Maybe a month ago? And I made a list. I never actually posted it anywhere. But you got, like, Brady, Montana, Manning. Unquestioned top three. Unquestioned top three. Then you probably say Elway. And then you look at all the other quarterbacks that you have in NFL history. Unitas, Favre, Bradshaw, uh, Staubach. Otto Graham, uh, Sammy Baugh. 
Like all these great quarterbacks, Dan Marino, Drew Brees, these guys. I don't know where really to put Rodgers in this list. He's easily top 10, but do I, can I put him top five? And I don't know if Rodgers is going to come back. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> After watching that game, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Man. But yeah, since 1961 to 2001, the Packers were 12-0 in the playoffs at home. They're 7-7 seven seven since 2002. That first loss was against Michael Vick and the Falcons. I remember seeing that. I've watched that numerous times back. I haven't seen I didn't see the game live, but I've watched it back a thousand times. Rodgers said he made the 49ers regret passing on him. Since then, they've been in the same number of Super Bowls. Rodgers won one. The 49ers didn't. And the 49ers are 4-0 in the playoffs against Rodgers. So he hasn't really backed it up, to be 100 percent honest. But yeah. Not a terrible game. A boring game. Out of the first drive looked easy. And then it was like, well, this kind of sucks. And the 49ers won. So we've got 49ers and the freaking Rams, which, in all accounts, we said this on Friday, said it on Colin Company as well, I should not pick the Bucks in this game. The only reason I am is because I know Tom Brady. That's the only reason. And the Bucks were getting slaughtered 20-3 to at halftime, and then they start coming back. Because it's just natural at this point. And Stafford gets his second ever playoff win in a massive win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Massive win. Like when the Bucs started coming back, it was like, oh, okay, well, the Bucs are going to win this game. They're up 27-20 in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. They're up 27-13. Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. So they're down 27-6, third quarter. And then it's 27-27 with 42 seconds left. And then Matt Gay makes a 30-yard field goal to win. crazy. I didn't get to see any of this game because I was tailgating at the time and no one had a TV up, but we were following it along with it. And yeah, Cooper Cup balled out. Cooper Cup's always open. I don't understand how that's possible, how he's always this wide open, but yeah. Sounded like a fun game. Sunday's games, crapped on Saturday's games. Good lord. <laughs> crapped on Saturday's games. You had more points. Like, the Ram, the, wait, what? the Bucks, the team that scored least amount of points on Sunday, Scored more than the team that scored the most on Saturday. No team on Saturday scored more than 20. Bengals scored 19. Now, the Titans would have scored 20 if, you know, they used their brains, but they didn't. (laughs) So now we got this. And now we've got a match between the Bengals and Chiefs and Rams and 49ers. So battle for Los Angeles would come between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Then we got Kansas City and Cincinnati, Midwest versus West Coast. As a Midwest kid, I want to cheer for the Midwest, but if the Chiefs win, I'm obviously cheering for whoever wins the NFC. <laughs> but I'm excited for the halftime show, though. That halftime show is going to be awesome. Greatest halftime show of all time. I know it, it might not be at the end of it. Maybe we'll go like, oh, that was really disappointing. Right now, that is the greatest halftime show of all time, and I am amped for this halftime show. Absolutely amped. But, yeah. We'll talk about more predictions once we get to Thursday or Friday show. And I'm going to have people come on Thursday, I think. So we'll have to see how that one goes. If not, we'll have them come on next Thursday just to have that. But as Dawson Knox said before, and I said it again, I said it before, I said it again, if you're still doubting Josh Allen, then I don't know if you know that much about football. That's true, 100% true. But yeah, that was a, 
in regards to like atmosphere, fan interaction, all that stuff, that is one of the best games I've ever been at. Like my interaction with Chiefs fans was awesome, apart from the dickhead that threw trash and called me a bitch. <laughs> uh, but I loved that game. Everything apart from the result, I loved about it. Ran into Brett, that was awesome. Abby ran into her too, that was sweet. His fiance, loved that. Hung out with Brady, great day. Drive home sucked, got home at 3 o'clock. Same time we got back from the Chiefs-Bills game last time. I jinxed it. I think we talked about it on the last, last show. I jinxed it. We got home at 3. Awful. But, yeah, I'm going to keep this show a little shorter today. My throat's killing me. So we're going to cut it off a little short. Uh, news that just came out a little bit ago, Sean Payton is stepping down as the Saints head coach. Very interesting de- development right there. Sorry, I tried to pop a zit while I was talking. That kind of hurt, so I kind of regret doing that. But interesting development with that. But that's all I've got for you today. We're going to keep it a little shorter. I am working on my mock draft, my first official mock draft of the new draft season. I know we had one pre-bowl season. We're going to have another one out coming soon. I don't know. I'm going to try and get it out right after the Super Bowl, but we'll have to see about it. Because I'm not going to record a show Super Bowl Sunday because, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. So we might have to do it on Wednesday's show. But who knows? We'll see how that one goes. I haven't even typed. I've typed up one reasoning so far out of 32. So I need to I need to get on it. But the draft order is slowly taking shape uh, right now. I guess we can talk about this. The playoffs, you know, you got your draft. This is how they stand right now. So it's not, this could definitely change. It probably will change by the time the draft rolls around. But for the playoff teams that lost, we had the the Eagles at 19, Steelers 20, Pats 21st, Raiders 22nd, Cardinals 23rd, Cowboys 21st, 4th, Bills 25th, Titans 26th, Buccaneers 27th, and the Packers at 28th. But that's what we got for you today. I do hope you enjoyed the show. I'm going to pop some cough drops drink some tea, drink some water, and I'll be back to you, hopefully full force on Friday. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I apologize, but make sure, again, you're following Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, and especially make sure you're following me on the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts, and leave a rating on a five stars on Apple Podcasts, and I will greatly appreciate it. And I will see you all later. Peace.